Okay, we're ready. Feminati is not independent. Let's go 50-50. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd bring back a classic. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome uh, to another episode of the Formula One is an African Sport podcast. Working here title. with Grant James and I am never alone. I'm joined by John Afadofe as well as Martin Numbura. Yes, sir. How are we doing, guys? We are good. We are good. A little bit cold, but, but we were getting by. And yes, it is cold in Africa, guys. It happens. Yes, right. It's also <laughs> crazy windy today in Cape yeah. Town, man. So uh, we're trying we're dealing with that as we go as we go along man so the wind has been insane though right yeah it's been pretty mad I like windy weather though oh, so, sunny and windy like today yeah man you can't you can, this is the kind of stuff I dream about really yeah. I don't I don't like walking windy because I don't know what to do with myself I'm like looking down like trying to dodge and something. No, I feel like the wind animates the day you know yeah. things just feel a bit more exciting birds are trying to you know they're, they're struggling <laughs> they're to fly survive. yeah you know what I'm saying in- so interesting people struggling it, I like it yeah it, it, interesting um I don't like the wind that much, uh, which is um, which is funny. Uh, but uh, I think to 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 get into it, right? Uh, we are here, and uh, I think excitingly again for our seventh episode yeah. uh, of this podcast, uh, sharing thoughts and opinions from an African perspective right. on a sport that we all love, right? Um, and uh, wow, what a week in Formula One! Uh, we had the Belgian Grand Prix over the weekend um, at Spa, like very much a legendary circuit 100%, on yeah. uh, the the. F1 track, or at least on the F1 circuit, and um, a, uh, I mean, we'll get into opinions of the race um, uh, shortly, uh, but um, I think that we've got a few topics that we want to discuss today. Prior to all of that, um, we've just started distributing this podcast, we're, we're live on a few different platforms right. now, and we're on Apple Podcasts, yep. on Anchor, on mm-hmm. Spotify, and uh, a few people have been listening to the podcast, yes, been getting some feedback, Shout and in our description, all. it clearly says um, a Ghanaian, a Kenyan, and a South African sharing opinions, so a lot of people have been asking me, but who's the American guy oh. on the podcast? <laughs> I knew this guy <laughs> <come> <laughs> well. I was like, um, Martin, do you want to give us some context? Oh my goodness. Um, I actually don't know. So I, I was born in Kenya. I spent most of my time in Tanzania. I think the thing I say that it, it makes sense to people is I went to like international schools growing up. Yeah. And those are like majority American yeah, it's schools, mostly, American funny enough, teachers. More, more so Canadian, you know, but it's, in general, I, I feel like that's how a lot of people there just talked in that kind of setting. Yeah. So I never get questions about my accent at home mm. until I came to South Africa. And that's like everybody, <laughs> you, you know, and so initially oh, I went South along Africans. with it. I was like, yeah, 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 but I just got tired of it, man. So... <laughs> Um, but that's kind of where it is. It's kind of stuck. Yeah. I just think it's 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 probably the most I think the most clear way to speak English. Yeah. Um, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know I know British people listen yeah, to the they, podcast. They got you in that American yeah. school, bro. They yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah, they got yeah. me, no, but uh, the Kenyan bracelets. That's the. I also speak Swahili, right? believe it or not. Yeah, so uh, yeah. <laughs> so Twende. Twende. Twanze, Twanze podcast means we start this podcast. Let's let's do this. Amazing, uh, Asante. Um, I think a, a couple of themes that that we want to discuss. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so guys, we we gotta start with a with a bit of a sad one, especially for us, for us down here in Africa. We <laughs> we we got some sad news. You know, a few, we were very excited that there was a possibility of a, a GP in South Africa again. I think the last one was in 1993, if I recall. Um, but sadly, it seems like negotiations didn't work out between various parties, promoters, government, few billionaires. South Africa's richest billionaire trying yeah. to step in, but it just didn't work in. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a sad one. What do, what do you guys guys think about about that news quickly? You know what what. Any thoughts? 
Yeah, great. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, to say about this. I know you've really been following this up, but just from my side, the way this was conjured up was very quick. Yeah. You know, just kind of yeah. like, I think Hamilton mentioned it and interest started to grow. I remember watching Verstappen saying, yeah, he wouldn't mind racing here as well. Um, but I know a lot of these things take time to kind of materialize. Mm-hmm. I know Kyle is a track that's been used for other things. But as we, re- we will come to see, there's a lot of politics involved. Um, Grant, you can actually tell, tell the world what's going on, man. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's sad for us down here because I haven't attended an F1 race yet. And um, what an opportunity if it's in our backyard. Um, Mm. Funny story is I've actually cycled on Kailami racetrack before as a part of the 947 cycle race in Johannesburg. Okay. So like run a few of the sectors um there's it, it's actually a challenging circuit and i thought about it whilst i was cycling and lots of downhills uphills but um i think one of the like one of the points was that the track needed a lot of upgrading um and it was like 15 million dollars worth of upgrades to make it right. um to, to to make it past the the f1 grade one uh, series one compliance mm. um and the promoters didn't have the funds for that uh, so they were going to get a loan from a south african billionaire uh, Patrice Motsepe um, and a lot of the timing of that um, like the loan the, the amount of work that needed to be done uh, it all wasn't going to be done in time uh, to comply with F1 as a body so uh, talks fell apart and um, sadly we won't be hosting the race next year um, but I think there's hope that it could happen in 2024 um, or, or yeah. 2025 mm-hmm. uh, I mean Lewis was even wearing a South African a uh, bracelet yep. in, in, in the press conference right that was that was very cool yeah. um, but uh, yeah it's, it's not coming here next year um, I think if the guys that are, are organizing um, the SAGP um, in Kailami um Keep your heads up, guys. Yeah. Like, let's make this happen. It'll yeah. be fantastic for the continent. Actually, bringing F1 back here mm. and uh, and tapping into this growing market that um, is as fanatical about the sport as we are. Yeah, it's uh, it's huge, man. I mean, people talk about F1 now all the time, and I'm and I'm like I'm everywhere I'm going, I'm hearing people talk about F1, and I'm just thinking I wouldn't have heard this a few years ago. So that's true. We got to do it. We got to do it. it. It has to happen. It has to come. Yeah, we're probably the most ready on the continent Agreed, to receive yeah. a race. So, yeah. I think on that, um, there's there's also been a little bit more movement uh, from lo- last week. We spoke at, at length around um, the, uh, the the movement with Vettel retiring, um, yeah, F1's Alonso transfer moving, window, well. um, Piastri like doing some crazy things, and there's been a little bit more gossip um, uh, uh, that's just uh, doing the circles, and that's specifically around that second Alpine seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Pierre Gasly, uh, he signed with AlphaTauri till the end of 2023 in the hope to get that Red Bull contract. Right. Um, but uh, their performance has been really weak this season. Yeah. Um, and I think we've mentioned that a few times on the pod. And there's some speculation that he may be moving to um, to Alpine um, and they'd have a double French lineup at a French team, which Oof. would be something that's quite exciting for, wow. for them at least, right? Um, yeah, w- what do you guys think of the speculation? Uh, do you think that uh, Pierre should move across? Um, thoughts? I found that he, for me, like just uh, and it's I feel bad because I know Red Bull is his dream, but he, he does seem comfortable in the AlphaTauri. Granted, the cars let him down this year, but I know Gasly to be the top performer in that car, and to and I almost feel like it suits him to outperform the car rather than be in a dominant car. Then the pressure's kind of on him. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, Alpine Alpine's looking good. They look like they they they, they could be could, could be building something strong. 
Um, Gasly was remarkable last year, right? Uh, he yeah. was like a guy. He was the George Russell of yeah, 2021. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? Um, and this year, he's struggling to score points. Big time, big time. So I mean, it could, it could be good for him. Maybe it, maybe it's a nice match. You know, maybe it's a nice match. I, I don't know where that puts Ricardo's. You know, some people are saying, "Oh, could he be at Williams or something like that?" I yeah. don't know, man. I, I, but it will be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about Gasly. I think this it, it's still speculation. Yeah. Um, we'll see what that amounts to. But I'm not too sure if that is a better situation. I mean, he knows the internals of AlphaTauri and if they're on an the upward trajectory. We're not seeing that as fans. We're not seeing that in the points. Some of the, some stats I'm going to lay down today about them <laughs> is not really good. But um, that's we'll kind of wait to see how this materializes. I'm kind of worried for Ricardo. If Gasly's taking that seat, then he's going to be Ooh, yeah. if he's going to stay in the sport, yeah. he's going to be in the Williams man. Yeah. It's not Williams of 2015 with Bottas putting on the second row of the grid during qualifying. No. It's a different Williams, and so yeah, man. Um, we can move on and just actually start talking about this race. Um, First and foremost, Spa was confirmed for next year. I know South African track was not, uh, the Kailami track was not confirmed, but Spa was. And like you said earlier in the podcast, this is such an iconic track. You mm-hmm. know, it has iconic corners, you know, Eau Rouge, Radion, the bus stop chicane at the end. Mm-hmm. It's the track with the shortest, I think, run down to the first corner, as we saw in, during the race. So a lot of things, a lot of history behind this track. And it was good to kind of see that it was being, being brought back, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's y'all's take on Spa in general? Yeah, uh, I think it's such an interesting track for me because it's it's got so many different elements to it. And and what I, what I found as well is even beyond the track was it's just a beautiful yeah, landscape. Right landscape, like where it sits and, and the way the track moves from you know steep steep climbs to then all of a sudden you're, you're dipping it's just like a crazy and some of those corners are just actually quite beautiful so yeah. I, I just i just find it quite a well constructed track and and i think it, it would have been a shame for it not to be part of f1 anymore because it, it's a it's an iconic track and it's beautiful Absolutely yeah beautiful. I, I, iconic through and through like, remember the days of michael schumacher yeah. and uh, the guy dominating the circuit as well uh, but like that climb up to eau rouge i think um until this year where we saw it in the sun again yeah. i mean sun on an f1 sunday as <laughs> well <laughs> what a what a thing! Um, but uh, I didn't realize that climb um, up a rouge mm-hmm. to Radion. I mean, the pace that the guys hit like a rouge with initially is um, is insane. Um, happy to see it back on the circuit. Um, and uh, after qualifying on Saturday, I was salivating, <laughs> waiting for Sunday's race. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked like it was set to be the race of the season. Right. That climb going to Radion, I remember they're showing the onboards. The driver was only looking at the sky. There's no road wow. they're looking at yeah. and hoping that they're, they're able to hit the correct yeah. apex to kind of set them on. And that kind of track design where you have a, a tiny mistake at the start can will start to amount and amount and grow by the time you, you finish that camel straight. And so that's one of those areas drivers really need to you know be on point. And if they mess up just a little bit, you will see that on that DRS straight, as we mm. saw how powerful DRS was. Mm. So let's start talking about the more of the race quali what was your takes on quali we saw some interesting things happen the people with penalties were helping their teammates who didn't have penalties you know with toes and all that kind of stuff but yeah what was your y'all's take on uh, qualifying one story or thread that i do want to pull out of quali was sebastian vettel um he didn't get out of q3 no he yeah. stayed yeah, yeah. Right, and this was his last uh quali race weekend at spa mm. it was really disappointing but those grid penalties were insane. Yeah, um, yeah we can't talk uh, uh, about uh, this week without talking about those penalties. Man. Yeah. Well, we can't because it created such excitement covering the race that it jumbled up the whole order. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Brundle dropped a fact uh, on Sunday as he was doing his grid walk that this Grand Prix was the first time that uh, drivers, uh, no driver, 
quali- who qualified in their position started the Sunday Grand Prix in that position. Yeah. Which is a fascinating statistic. In my few years of watching F1, whatever they, I've never seen anything never. like this. Never. Um, if I can just go through the penalties real quick, you know, Leclerc, gearbox change, and he changed like, uh, I think the MG UK as well, some other parts of the engine, about 25 grid positions. You have to now start at the back. Max Verstappen, same thing. HPU, gearbox, Bottas, Norris. And then on the last day after qualifying, the two Alpha Tauri say, I think it was one of the, Gasly decided, hey, we're going to go start from the pit lane. And so I've never seen penalties like this. Yeah. And the way penalties start to accrue, I mean, teams do plan for the, that they're actually going to start taking penalties throughout the, the season. Right. This is actually one of the better tracks to do that because of overtaking and the capacity. Yeah. Um, it's very, very high perform, um, HPU or power unit focused track. So mm-hmm. your power unit plays a very important uh, role. Yeah. So, so this is where you want to be taking that penalty if you're going to take penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you I, think of the teamwork though, right? Because we saw bits of teamwork um, and uh, maybe Charles Leclerc paying uh, a favor back to uh, Carlos Sainz uh, for giving him the toe at uh, a poor record. Um, they managed to synchronize a little bit going up a rouge, mm-hmm. uh, but not too much teamwork from Team Red Bull no. uh, with no. Verstappen still uh, qualifying on pole. There are actually some hilarious memes around uh, Sergio Perez waiting for it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the toe that was just never coming. Right, um, right. <laughs> I guess yeah, yeah. Uh, two different we, approaches. you the number two. Yeah, very, yeah, very interesting. Two different approaches. I, I was going to say what I do like is that. While we give Ferrari a hard time, they seem to know how to this this one particular thing. Yeah, totally. Given that they seem to know how to do this <laughs> yeah, very well, yeah. they. I mean, it was pretty efficient. You know, um, Leclerc came out just in time, got out the pits just in time. You know, gave the toe, it, it, and it seemed to have worked. It right. gave you know gave some extra. They seem to do it well. Interesting that Red Bull decides not to even bother doing it, um, especially with knowing that you know it didn't make a difference to Max that much. But I guess it's something I'll ask you a bit later, Martin. But I think. Maybe it's just him just asserting his dominance, and and then and then him saying, "Guys, I'm not here to yeah. tell people. I'm here to do my thing." Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good question regarding that Red Bull tow. I'm not too sure why they wouldn't. I mean, at least help Perez. You know, give him that position. <laughs> yeah. He can help start to help push the pack back as Max is trying to make his way yeah. through the grid. But I mean, it worked out for them at the end of the day. This the result they ended up having was the, the result would expect. They, yeah. they, it was the result they wanted. They <laughs> wanted, yeah, yeah, quote unquote. And so <laughs> it's. Yeah, they wouldn't have liked it too much if the positions were the other way around. No. Yeah. Right? Uh, interesting question, if I if I may, just on the on the penalties yeah. uh, and how it affects qualifying. So obviously, it must be interesting in terms of your approach to qualifying, knowing that immediately that you probably wherever you qualify, you're going to end up a couple places ahead of where you qualify. So that's already must be quite an interesting mindset for all the drivers. Yeah. But then also the approach to qualifying when you know you've got penalties. So I wanted to understand a bit about. You know where, where? Because you said everyone finished starts at the back, but they can't obviously all start yeah, at the no. back. So how do you know? Does your position in qualifying actually determine where you start at the back of the grid? If everyone is starting at the back of the grid, if you know what I'm saying. Don't worry, I, I sense a bit of confusion. <laughs> and trust me, everybody that was trying to explain it, from guys like Sam Collins, the technical guy, uh, to Crofty, all these guys had issues explaining this. I still have problems. But yeah. what I learned on, on during the race weekend was there's a difference between back of the grid penalty and a grid. Uh, place penalty. So if oh. let's say you drop five places, then that's very different than, oh, you have to start at the back of the grid. Right. And usually those back of the grid penalties come when you've changed too many components. You've kind of, I think it's past maybe 15 or 25 grid slots. You have to start at the back of the grid. And it's also, I think, when you decide to 
make that penalty. So if you do the last minute the way Gasly did, you end up starting from the pit lane and stuff like that. Um, But if you're around the same amount of penalties, then qualifying still comes into place, right? So if if, let's say you guys have the same amount of grid drops as we saw, um, this actually happened in France between Leclerc and Sonoda, they actually had to tussle it out in Q2 such that Leclerc could start ahead of uh, Sonoda. So there's still a bit of qualifying that needed to happen. Um, I mean, it's really up to the teams at the end of the day if they want to conserve certain things, um, but it's always better, I feel, for teams to go and qualify, get that good grid spot, because you never know what's going to happen, right? There's always that unknown factor. So it's confusing. It's confused a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. This was very new to F1. Everybody was confused, so. Yeah, hopefully it's not I thought happen. Max was just gonna come out like thirty seconds to go, do an out lap, drop a lap, and say, "Cool, I'm good." But the man comes out and he's just there for the whole thing. So yeah, I was, yeah but and also gathering that data throughout yeah. that, so that those um, phases and potentially help your teammate. But he didn't do that. So. <laughs> yeah, we do. We know he didn't do that. One or, or two last points on qualifying, right? Yeah. Um, one was after quali when Sergio Perez got on the radio. Um, and he said, good, good job, team. Christian Horner came on, P2, mate, you're in the front row of the grid. Let's go. Yeah. Um, he was silent. Uh, th- <laughs> there's definitely some rumblings under the surface there. He's not happy. Right? Yeah. Um, and then point two, what about these tires? Oh, my God. Oh, man. I'm, cl- I'm so glad you brought that. P- what putting, must I do with these tires? <laughs> yeah, putting uh, Charles Leclerc on new softs as opposed to scrub softs. Right. Where he's... Um, He's actually just towing Carlos. So, so wasting new tires. Absolutely. Right? Um, I mean, Ferrari, right? This I strategy, mean, yeah. And F1 is not giving them any breaks. They're broadcasting <laughs> all that <laughs> information to us. Um, yeah, that's, that type of confusion is what leads your team to not winning the Constructors' Championship at the end of the day. Yeah. And unfortunately for Leclerc, I think you're told to, okay, just do laps with this tire, it's fine. Um, they're not, you never know what's going to happen on Sunday. You might need that tire. And so... It didn't help. It did not help at all. But yeah, that was a good point you brought up. <laughs> Something we missed uh, completely. I, I think that we've spoken like quite a bit around all of the grid penalties around the race um, and like discuss those. Um, we should definitely chat about that first lap. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah that, absolutely. That start. I mean, um, you know, with, with that race start, guys, there were was, was so many things that happened. Um, it, it was one of those, again, where lots of little things to unpack. And, it, 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 um, you know, you had... A very, very, in the words of Alonso, mega start right. from Alonso <laughs> and uh, and Hamilton. Um, you then had, you know, the the actual the big ticket item, the, the big incidents between Lewis and Alonso, and and a little bit about Alonso's comments. I'm sure, Grant, you might have something to say about it. I, I was talking to my partner about this, and I don't know. I was I found it a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what he said. It just it felt a bit petty. You know, a bit unnecessary. Um, you also had Albon, who you know, um, I mean, that's been with 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 um, with, with, with um, yeah, with Bottas, and then just. You know, just general. So that was sorry. That was Latifi. Was that Latifi? Yeah, sorry, was sorry, Latifi. Was, Latifi. was it not Albon? No, 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 it was Latifi. Albon had absolutely. a clean race. Yeah, that was uh, Latifi. Albon actually had a very good race. Yeah. Latifi was spun out and, and just clipped his, with his with the front wing. Yeah, I'm so sure it was Albon. Um, um, my, my era. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it yeah, was yeah. it was an insane race start because there was so much chaos in that first like two laps. When that safety car came out, it was like, please just settle things down yeah. here. Mm. It was crazy, man. Um, and after all of this uh, grid penalty chaos, um, like what a start to the race. Uh, I think Perez got left off the line again. Hey, he got um, he, he lost three places off the start, right? Yeah, both the Mercedes um, were making work of him. Both the Mercedes, like they, they, um, they went on around. Uh, both went around the outside of him, um, and, uh, and Alonso. Alonso yeah, yeah. And, and Alonso took that um, that P two from him. Um, 
But uh, yeah, j- just a crazy incident. I, I want to come to that radio message because obviously we saw in the first race it was Upper Rouge, um, already on um, the end of the straight. Um, and uh, it was clearly Lewis's fault. Um, yeah. I-, I don't know what happened. He said he was in his blind spot. Uh, I don't know if uh, at that point in time he... Um, he didn't know where he was positioned or got a little bit greedy in that corner, but uh, he definitely pinched him. He mm. cut his uh, he cut his space from the outside. What did Alonso say? He only like he only knows how to start uh, start the race in first, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Start and race from first. Um, it was funny watching Lewis getting interviewed, and you know these um, interviews uh, journalists try and pull out all the emotions from you. And she was like, "Yeah." So Fernando said some things um, in his radio, and quickly Lewis stamped this movement out, and he just said, "It doesn't matter what he said." Yeah. I mean, after that, um, I think uh, after Alonso learned that Lewis had owned up to the mistake, Alonso was more apologetic. Like, yeah, it's nice to see him that he's owned up to it. And it kind of kind of fizzled that kind of stuff out. What's interesting, I saw this stat. Someone on Twitter went crazy, right? Based off of Alonso's uh, comments. He said, Alonso's race wins 32 races. Lewis Hamilton's race wins, not starting on P1, 42. So, you know. <laughs> more than he's actually won. Yeah, 10 more than what you've told, done in your entire career. <laughs> and um, it's kind of funny to kind of see people on Twitter go crazy like this. I, I love it. I love it. I the love that fan yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It just goes to show Lewis. I mean, Lewis has stats everywhere. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He, he, can, he can clean you up with the stats, man. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, let's, that, that race start, something Science did that I thought was actually cool was after he noticed that Perez had kind of slid back, he took that f- entire first corner. I was kind mm. of pointing to you guys out when we're watching the highlights yeah. that gave him such a good exit and it's like almost flat out from corner one up until the cone which is at the end of that straight yeah. and put science in a really good position to yeah. not have to worry about it obviously yeah. the race came through I remember telling you Grant during the race because I watched it at your place yeah. that some, the stat I'd seen regarding safety car was 100% now whoever does these stats bro you nothing ever happens 100% of the chance yeah. but it did happen I thought it would happen later in the race so it didn't really make too much of a difference mm-hmm. in the race I mean the order wasn't changed too much um, but yeah that's what, something I did think was interesting Let's talk about the Red Bulls, because that's that's the elephant in the room. Yeah. If not the bull in the room. <laughs> and when I talk about Max, I get a bit excited because this guy is killing it. Sure. You want to talk about Max? Yeah, I no, can talk I'm, about I'm ready to talk about Max. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm not going to jump into too much excitement, but I think what a masterclass. John is so man. excited. No, no, no. no just, just an absolute masterclass. John is excited. <laughs> I think, I mean, the, the, such quick work. I mean, by the, by the eighth lap, I think the guy was what, you know, sort of, Halfway through the pack, well, from was, where he started, yeah, he got to he P3. Was just, he, was, he, was yeah, he was on a podium. He was, he was yeah. on a podium, yeah. podium already. already. I mean, it just it was just like head down. I'm doing this thing. I don't care what's going on around me. Right. I'm just gonna take it. And and he was on a mission. He's like, I want. I don't want to leave this till the last few laps, and then I'm gonna have to be. He wanted to put himself in a position where Red Bull could dictate strategy. Right. And that's exactly what he did. He, and he just was there. It was. I thought it was incredible. I mean, just absolutely beastly drive. Red Bull were so dominant that Max Verstappen's biggest like opponent on that day was his own teammate. You know, when Perez was not really trying to give him space and yeah, you know, yeah, Max yeah, obviously yeah, overtook yeah, yeah. him. I mean, the dominance by these guys is crazy. I remember kind of writing notes after watching qualif- the, the highlights again. I see lap five, Max passes Ricardo, bust up chicane, inside. Lap six, Max passes, uh, Matt, he passes Vettel for P5, bust up chicane. If there's something you know about Max, he's going to take the inside. Mm-hmm. I keep telling guys he's going to take the inside. Lap seven, Alonso. Lap eight, Russell. And Martin Brendel said it himself. This guy's overtaking one guy a lap. Just doing it, doing it, doing it. And I mean, to be honest with you, I did feel it kind of made the race a little bit boring after that. Like, Although he kind of dusted his hands and said, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Grant, what's your take on uh, the dominance of the Red Bulls? I know this might not be a topic you want to talk about too much, but uh, give it a try. <laughs> I, give, I give, give credit give it where it's due. I give credit where it's due. Um, he's got... Uh, <laughs> 
he's got eight finger he's got one hand and three fingers on the on the championship now like uh, it's becoming a very very firm grip and mathematically he's going to like squeeze everyone out of of a chance um it was like by all accounts uh, a good drive from him he had the fastest car by a landslide mm-hmm. uh, in this grand prix and it was almost one of those moments where i, I felt like, last year where Evidently, in some races, Lewis had the quickest car, yeah. um, and he was able to come from the back with these drives. But you really see how the car like, makes a huge, huge, huge difference, right? So Max is fantastic, and I think that the brand that he's created for himself, and how guys don't actually fight him, right? Um, Alonso down the straights, interesting point you bring did, up. Yeah. Didn't fight him. It was just like you take the inside, take the place. I'm not going to get in your way. Mm. I can't compete with you. Mm. And uh, everyone almost takes the back seat and doesn't try to defend for the position because they're not racing him mm. they're racing their own race um, the, the perspective that I had on it though was the start the chaos that ensued from that start uh, this guy moved from 14th uh, to 8th in two laps yeah. everything went his way perfect Every, ev- everything that could have gone right for Max went right including what happened to Charles right, right. Yeah. Uh, everything went correct mm. so it got me thinking more and more, and I pulled up this old article where uh, it speaks about do drivers win championships or do engineers win championships? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go there. Let's go there. Uh-huh. And uh, I think that, I honestly think that he's he's fantastic. And his, humber, his hunger to win is admirable. Um, how he goes about it and how he does his business is clinical. Um, you just mentioned it, John. He... He gets to first and then he holds the position because yeah. he knows how important race position is mm-hmm. and how important it is quickly. Nothing more to say. Nothing more to say. He's fantastic. Uh, on the other hand, though, Sorry, you're hearing this. Uh, I know. He I has, know. I'm, 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 this I mean, is, I, I'm, I'm as much as <laughs> I, I want to give credit where it's due. Fair right? enough. Yeah. He's really, really good. The car that he has is powerful. Yes, yeah. it's powerful, yeah, it powerful, is. powerful. It as much. Sorry, are you? One last thing that I'll say, just to cap off the the, the, the crown of Verstappen, so this doesn't happen often, um, <laughs> is I I was looking at it and thinking about it, and there were many reasons for his head to be out of the game a little bit earlier on. Okay. After the first three Grand Prix, he had two DNFs, um, two technical failures or mechanical failures. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point in time, he couldn't begin to drop his head a little bit. But what did he do? He came back in uh, Imola, and he scored 34 points over the race weekend. Um, like, insane stuff, right? Um, and it's it's... That sort of champion mindset that's like getting this guy to where he is. On the other hand, though, uh, Perez was a little bit sleepy um, off the start. He had a really, really fast car. Mm. Um, I'm surprised that he wasn't put, he wasn't on pole, actually. Really, really surprised that he wasn't on pole. Uh, but uh, I, I want to well, get more perspectives well, on no, I, I some on of that, what I shared on Max. On that, uh, I'll, I'll come back to Max. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Max. I've talked about him already enough, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but I think what's, what's interesting for Perez for me is he seems to be able to be put under pressure. Whereas Max doesn't seem to be able to be put under that kind of pressure, if you guys get what I'm saying. So it no. seems like so like it seems like Perez it just seems like his car's a little bit slower. I, I don't know. Okay. We, we've talked about the second driver versus mm. hey, on the car setup. The car a little bit of a conspiracy theory type topic comment right. I'm making, but it just seems like he is more vulnerable than than Max, than Max is when they're in similar positions. Granted, it was fairly-ish comfortable, give or take, but I don't know. I, I, that's what it kind of seems like to me. I mean, I might be completely wrong, but that's the the sense I get, you know, I'm, I'm not professional, but yeah, just, I mean, that's a good, it's a good point you raise about the second driver situation. I mean, 
Okay, Max Perez did not have a new power unit. He didn't have new components. And so he, you could argue that he was lacking in power. But I also do think we're not seeing the best of Perez. And Helmut Marco, a person I don't really respect that much, <laughs> he said... We, we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he said something like Perez has he's gone back to his normal ways. You know, something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. He's gone back to his normal form, which is such a very disrespectful thing yeah, to say completely. to anybody. Like, he was doing really well. He's kind of regressed a little bit. And we can see that frustration kind of build up. And I think this, this, this season's over for Perez in terms of just like him trying to fight for number one. Um, Max is going to walk away with it. That is done. They killed it from them. Mm. Yeah, like you said, I think last time they killed it from like what Azerbaijan or something like that. Baku, yeah, yeah. Baku, yeah. Uh, sabotaged him. No, they killed him. Well, he's, he says he's he's focused now. It's just closing the gap. So he seems to think you know it, it's kind of he talked like it was kind of it's a Red Bull one two situation now. Right. And he just needs to narrow that gap. Maybe they'll give him the Mexican Grand Prix as a victory and <laughs> as a, like, as a then, thank you. Yeah, as hey, a hey, Perez, don't, don't take the, don't take this charity, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's still eight races left, and so if he can close that gap and still be competitive, but obviously we know if Leclerc starts sticking his nose, he's going to be. Perez is going to be asked to defend Max. Yeah. Yeah. So this is why I always fight against the second driver thing. That's why for me, like Carlos Sainz, let's not start talking about Ferrari because, you know, time is going on. Yeah, yeah. Carlos Sainz had a great race today. Obviously, we know the Ferrari, this is not a track for them. They came in admitting that they knew this from the start. But what Carlos was able to do, kind of secure that third position with mm -hmm. those under threat towards the end of the race, yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I heard something interesting about Leclerc's woes. And his race ended very differently because of that issue he had with the tear off and entering, I think it was the brake duct that ruined whatever sensor. Uh, Ferrari convinced, was that a terrorizer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ferrari convinced that tear-off came from Max Verstappen's car. Yeah, I heard this, yeah, this, this rumor, the but video. I was like, this is Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is Twitter. <laughs> possibly. They looked through the video footage, they combed through it, and they were able to see that, okay, yeah, we, we do suspect it came from Max's car. I think that really ruined his race. Perez could have finished fourth, maybe third, um, but obviously that would not have helped, obviously, because Max was still going to win. But anyway, let's talk about Ferrari right now. What do you call it? A tactical tear-off? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like... Yeah, maybe. Look, Red Bull's clinical. They could take yeah, a no exactly. tear off. Right? <laughs> At this part of the track, tear yeah, it off. Right, you know? right I, I think that, yeah, th there would have pinpoint accuracy on something like that. Um, yeah. But there's a few points on Ferrari, right? Um, moving on to them. The general pace over the weekend, um, in comparison to what we've seen like, over the rest of the season, um, it, it was like a clear second. Mm. It's like yeah. Red Bull were the form team. And then everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. um, where, whereas they've always been like neck and neck. Um, it was really sad over the weekend to just see how a lot of what we've been mocking them and we thought that it would go away over yeah. the break, yeah. like this bad Ferrari strategy and they'd yeah. come back like a sharper outfit. And it just wasn't the case. Uh, we saw like the mess up in quality with yeah. those new softs that we've spoken about already. But then in the race, man, that was the most embarrassing thing that I've, I think I've ever seen. Which was this? Well, I know not not Le not Leclerc's tear off where yeah. he went one kilometer quicker than the pit lane yeah, limit, yeah. but that fastest lap attempt. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, that I was <laughs> embarrassing. That, you, you know, firstly, I'll come back to that. But firstly, just on the pace thing, what what was interesting for me is listening to Charles afterwards saying he wants to they want to get back to the pace they had um, at the start of the season when the Red Bull was. I mean, the Ferrari was pretty much as fast as the Red Bull give or take a few. And then what let them down was strategy and general reliability and things like that. 
Yeah. I think the question you should be asking is why have they dropped off so much? Because it doesn't make sense. Because arguably the Ferrari was probably the fastest car out there at it, some point in the season. It is. I saw I was looking at the they always have this car development graphic yeah. at the start of FB1 just to show how the cars progressed. And Ferrari is always the car they met they measure every car against. Right. Red Bull has been closing. I think right now they're open one seconds. But remember they're taking it through every single track this season, right? Spa I always feel is a bit of an anomaly with the straights and just how long it is. Mm-hmm. I also think Monza is an anomaly. Obviously Monaco is an anomaly. We have those tracks that are just really crazy yeah. in how they're designed. Yeah. So going into Zandvoort this coming week, I do expect Ferrari to kind of rebound. Obviously, Monza will be a bit different. Yeah. But then the other races, Ferrari is still con- a contender here. For the championship, I don't think so. Yeah. But just as to see them tussle, to see these races we've not had. Uh, yeah, back and forth. Since the first two. <laughs> I mean, the first two races, we've not had this happen. And so I'm very disappointed in Ferrari because they have robbed every F1 fan Completely. of a good season. Completely. Fine, Max can win this, but at least let him fight for it. Yeah. Now he's out here being humble. You know, it's easy to be humble when you're P1. <laughs> it's so easy. It's like, it's oh, easy. No, you know, we, we're, you know. I've really enjoyed this championship yeah. fight. Yeah. As, it's much better than yeah. last year. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Because it's easy. It's, it's a easy. cakewalk. Yeah. But, so, but, but that, la- that lap ground, let's, let's, not, let's not gloss over this thing because I think, I think what it signaled for me was even worse because if, if, if Ferrari felt that they were in a position where we're talking about a point or two, and I know it sounds kind of intuitive, that's when they wouldn't have done something like that because you would have thought that what I could lose is two points if I get the pit stop wrong right. and all I have to gain is one point. But it's almost like they're like, we're so far behind. Yeah. This is the kind of crazy thing you do when you think you don't have a chance anymore. And that's what that's what's made it even worse for yeah. me with this complete force of the fastest lap. It just was just why. They said drowning why? man clutches on a straw. <laughs> Right, and that was a clutch on a straw attempt <laughs> from Ferrari. So clearly they're drowning. No, they're drowning. And what Mattia said after the race, he said that oh, you have to take risks ah, to this kind of thing. I'm like Mattia, I stop this. <laughs> like he really needs to stop this because I don't understand what they're doing, and they have the potential. And it's, what what I don't like about F1 is the fact that if you're a guy like Charles Leclerc, so talented, but your team's letting you down, there's no other option. There's no way you're going to Mercedes. There's no way you're going to Red Bull just because of the animosity, you know, the, between rivalry between teams and stuff. It's going to be very hard for Ferrari to say allow that to happen. Yeah. So you have such a great talent who's being wasted like this and it's very 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 upsetting it's sad I'm sorry you've got to take risks Matea I mean, you don't need to. You don't need to be a genius to know that there's two points between fifth and sixth. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? On this one specifically, because we saw this executed to precision last year by Mercedes and Red Bull yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. It was coming to the end of the race. They wanted to steal the fastest lap point, either from Lewis or from Max. Right. Um, and they never got. I think there was one point in Zandvoort l- last year yeah. where they asked because uh, Lewis had the fastest lap and they asked Valtteri to pull out of it. Yeah. And there was just a little bit of confusion, but that was it. That but Lewis was, still got it. Yeah, Lewis still got it. Yeah. That was the worst that we saw of it. <laughs> like we have like never seen the position being gambled for. Yeah. Like, how he I, didn't I, even get the fastest lap. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but he went out of the pits. Yeah. And you saw it on the visual and it was like, oh, oh, uh, oh Schultz right not going to make this yeah. one. Yeah. And what happened? Alonso was right there. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, the last guy you want there is Alonso. <laughs> but if there's Fact. anyone you don't want to see you know, true, coming man. out of the pits is Fernando. Right. I think that he, he was also caught in two minds because... Shaw was probably like, shit, i got to get on with yeah. it. And in that point, didn't think, oh, DRS point coming up, detection point coming up. Yeah, Let Fernando me. go first. I get the DRS and then I catch him on the straight. Uh, he was a sitting duck on that straight, yeah. just like mm-hmm. many other people in the race were. But my, how does his team do this to him? Um, and I, I think that you're correct, Martin, because it's just this like crushing of his spirit. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. How does this guy... 
pick himself up every single week and say like we're going to go out and win this um, and yeah. a, a lot of that team radio so I was listening back uh, the amount of conversation and questions that his team was asking him about the tire types about strategy during the race and that uh, race engineer would end with question yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like this guy is driving yeah um, I saw you a ask, funny you ask meme. Him not to make decisions yeah <laughs> maybe where, maybe yeah, sorry sorry Grant. so I saw a funny meme where it was like if you're driving at 225 miles per hour <laughs> like what do you need to think about like overtaking the car taking the corner yeah. this tire is uh, that both the medium and the hard are working and it was really just like <laughs> yeah. a, a play on Ferrari because it was like the driver is going through so much in his mind yeah um, and he gets to this point where you're actually asking him about strategy where He's not the one that's seeing what's, what's happening across the race. What was the point of the team meeting? Yeah, if, if, <laughs> I, I personally don't have a problem with that. Okay. I think if the drivers have agreed, maybe this is something they've had during no, the they meetings. they might have data yeah. on the, during the And day. say, hey, listen, what are you feeling? You know, I, I don't mind that kind of... And remember, as fans, I think we're also seeing a very skewed yeah. portion of the team radio and everything. Sure. But it's not working out for them. Yeah. That's, the, that's the ultimate thing. Um, yeah, look, guys, I think we can, we, could, we can talk about Ferrari to a uh, to, uh, blue, but... I... There's one question <laughs> I want to ask on Ferrari. Okay. One more question. Okay. Can they hold off Mercedes for the constructors? I said this a few weeks ago, and I asked. I asked this question this last, last week, week, actually. Yeah. And it was last week, and yeah. I said, guys, and I and I and I was like, early call. They might not. I I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, with the reliability of Mercedes, I don't think so. Maybe it's a good segue into yeah. Mercedes. Yeah. So I mean, let, let's talk about Mercedes. I mean, I think you guys will recall a few weeks ago. I talked about how um, it's good to see their progress, and I'm looking forward to see the steps they take. You know, we already know they're very reliable, but. This weekend was a little bit, little bit of a disappointment. I think um, yeah. you know there was a point in quali in Q2 where the clock was clock was red, and I'm seeing them in the at risk. Actually, Hamilton was was in that was looking like it was in trouble. Obviously, they 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 made it to Q3, but just didn't seem like a very good weekend for Mercedes. I think pace was really lacking. I think when I saw them on the straights, they they really just looked like this car was never going to catch the car that was in front of it. Like granted, they drove Russell drove quite well, but. Yeah. You know, you know, you know. Maybe Martin, you, you know, before we go to Grant, what are your thoughts on on, on the whole, on Mercedes's on weekend, really? Yeah, Mercedes is an interesting team to me. They seem to have very poor performance on a Saturday, but find a way to reel it back in to some regard on a Sunday. And I think that's always a hopeful thing. You never want the opposite, where you start well and then, like Ferrari, you start well, qualify well. <laughs> like at some point, Verstappen was just eating Charles Leclerc's pole position, converting yeah. them. Um, so they're doing that, and I think them starting on the back foot is not. It's going, to, it's going to come a time when that is not going to help them anymore. You can't just rely on driver uh, abilities. We saw George Russell, who was a very quiet race. We didn't hear too much about him. He did have a pass on Leclerc um, in the, during the race and almost a pass toward, on science towards the end of the race, as which kind of gave me a bit of hope that Mercedes are able to, at least on a high-speed track, be there, at least as a number two car and challenge for that. And I remember asking Grant, because we watched this together, if Lewis Hamilton hadn't made that mistake, it would be a very interesting race to see where he would finish up. Mm. Right? Maybe he could have finished third. He could have disrupted something going on. Um, but Mercedes dropped points by Hamilton not finishing in P1. Mm-hmm. And going to a track where I think might be favor them a little bit more in Zandvoort, it might look a lot better. But I know Hamilton's not pleased with this car at all. And his mistake is not helping him. So, yeah, Grant, what you got? Mercedes are a hit and miss at this stage. Um, and it felt like through the season, especially leading up to the break, there was really, really solid development on the car. Yeah, it was good. And the results were starting to show. You mentioned it last week on Hamilton. It was like three, um, three third place finishes, and, two, and then two, two second yeah. place finishes. And uh, this week, I mean, I was hopeful that he would uh, win. He, he would win, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but 
that one lap pace is an issue uh, because they're not getting onto the front row of the grid in qualifying, which means that there's these like specific issues that they face yeah. um, off the the start finish line, and they have to get through like a little bit of oh, sorry off the start line, and they have to get through a little bit of a fight to to get into like a, a more of a um, a contestable position. So it's clear that. Lewis is not happy with the package. The performance is unstable. And um, Toto Wolf spoke to that this weekend when interviewed. And he said, it's a bit of a hit or miss. Um, and we don't actually know where we can extract like the correct performance. Because think about George Russell was on pole yeah. the last Grand Prix. And I think he qualified seventh here, right? Um, it's, it's, it's just like very, very contrasting views. Uh, but in saying that, um, and to come back to the previous question that I asked around the constructors... I think Merck are a solid bet for second in the constructors. Solid. Um, I think that the pace that George was showing in yeah. the race, um, given, I think with seven laps to go, he made that error. He was catching Carlos Sainz and he was about 1.3 seconds behind. Yeah. Um, three tenths out of the DRS, um, out of the, th the, the DRS uh, zone. Um, and he could have if he didn't make that mistake and then run out of time actually taken him because his car was quicker so i think mercedes with all these issues and this disappointing weekend it was still the second fastest car yeah. um from a race pace perspective um like given the balance yeah. of things arguably um yeah. and if that's something that they can build on um that's positive for for number two in the constructors uh something max said at the last race um just before the break was that with Mercedes coming back into form, like he's happy about it because then they can take points from Ferrari. He was very cheeky. Yeah. Like he he wow. was like, they won't touch us, but he was like, then they can, then they they can, can take points off. from Ferrari. Yeah. Wow. I mean, about this constructors, uh, a battle between these two teams, you know, Mercedes, I think, is right now 41 points behind. There were 30 in the previous race. It's hard for me to say. Uh, yeah. I still think Ferrari, as, as much as we hate on their strategy, they still have really good drivers and a really good car. Yeah. And so eight races left, man, if a Ferrari strategy is just as bad, I'm going to have to go with Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> but damn, I'm going to go safe. I'm going I'm to say Ferrari are going to yeah. do this. We're seeing consistent drivers, at least on you both sides. Safe. I think that, okay, it's not safe. That's not a safe thing. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Ferrari because I trust in Carlos Sainz. I was, I was going to, I'm glad you said that. I was going to say, I've got, a, I've got so much more faith in Sainz now than I have in Leclerc. I think, I know I started as a, a science hater, but I think I don't. I've lost. Leclerc just lost his cool, which for me is his key skill, and he's lost that, and that's a key thing for me. Whereas that dog that's now in science, that dog is just growing. There's some Ferrari stats I want to share with you real quick. Leclerc finished P6, right? Yeah. So he only has one podium in the last nine races. He wow, won that race in Austria. Austria. And, uh, sorry, and, uh, other than Austria. Yeah. In those last nine races. Uh, he only has one podium and Sainz has two more podiums than your boy Leclerc and he's now 15 points behind Leclerc wow. he finished ahead of him in the championship last year and I, the, the disrespect <laughs> I feel like Carlos Sainz gets to me is just it's unfounded yeah. this season when Carlos Sainz finishes races yeah. he finishes P2 yeah. P2 or, or you got that win in Silverstone so shout out to him um, but yeah let's, let's, let's move on to uh, let's look at the rest of the field right um, because up and down um, the field, there, there was other interesting battles that were going on. Um, just two to pull out here. Uh, so Alpine, um, the Alonso qualifying. Uh, did he put his car on third, uh, fourth, right? And uh, he then moved to uh, to second place. 
Right. Perez was second in second place, so he must that, have was the third. That, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he started the race in third. Um, had a really good start and being able to put Perez, um, and then was fighting throughout the race. Um, it was surprising that his car wasn't damaged, uh, but Ocon um, as well. Like generally a good race weekend from the the Alpines. Mm. How was that three car or the two car overtake around Vettel? Oh, that, that was, was exciting. That was beautiful, man. I think that was that was such a hot move from from Ocon. He just yeah. looked really good in that, and then just like nice late breaking just took the corner and he was like I'm gone guys see you later it was just so good um, he seamlessly floated from slipstream to slipstream yeah. in yeah. the DRS and just but that yeah. was Alpines they really optimized that for that straight yeah. uh, low downforce setup and it worked really well for them Yeah, really well for them yeah another was McLaren um, let's not spend too much time here but it was a sad <laughs> difficult weekend yeah, yeah it was sad it was also a bit sad to see Daniel Ricciardo like his, step, his, his mannerisms have changed a bit he was you know hanging out by himself quite a bit I've seen mm -hmm. quite a few videos of him even before the race where drivers would be talking he's by himself just chilling or even after the race as well so I don't know if this is hitting him quite a bit um, obviously Lando's still pulling away as much as possible but uh, yeah, prayers up for Ricardo, man. Hopefully, he finds a seat. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I hope I like to see him still in the sport, but yeah. you know, it is what it is, man. Uh, Imagine he goes tough. to Alfatari. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's still an option if Gasly no, does decide yeah, to Gasly move, right? that, that would be interesting. Um, yeah, I think at the, I don't know where his, his bargaining power is now, but I think there's going to be a point where he might have to take what he can get to right. stay in the sport. Yeah, um, especially last... with his demeanor. Yeah. That, that's true. One last thing on the race, and it's something that we actually didn't mention, was that Williams' straight line speed. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. They yeah. were the quickest uh, on yeah. the speed trap, right? Uh, the, the quickest car on straight line speed uh, uh, over the, the top of Radion, right? Yeah, Radion to, yeah, the camel I mean, straight. That yeah, thing looked the, racy, the straight, yeah. I was like, I was like what is this? is this a Williams? Are we sure right. this is a Williams? It looked just particularly quick. It was so good to see. What these teams do, especially in the back end, they will optimize for straight line speed right. um, just so they can overtake. It can have a chance. And maybe but then you can sacrifice pull and Yeah, but then we'll see them in these other tracks that, yeah, they're going to take L's again. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> hey, do what you can where, where yeah, you can. Yeah, where you can, right? But let's move on to one of my favorite sections oh, of the yes. week. Oh, yes. The donkey of the week. Grant, do you want to explain what this section is about? Yeah, so keeping on the animal themes um, is the donkey of the weekend is essentially someone who was uh, the donkey, right? They, they did something um, or the, the race weekend panned out in a way that was something that we can't respect or, or something that we can poke a little bit of fun at. Yep. So, so generally something not very nice. Right, who wants to go first? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go first, but uh, I know it could be easy to, they've been my, my donkeys for the last like three or four weeks, so I, I won't go there. And it's going to be a controversial one. Grant, forgive me. Lewis, forgive me. I do, I do think by his, because of the standards he set, sorry, because of the standards that, that, that Lewis Hamilton has set, I think just the way his race went down, the, the opportunity he had, the position he was in, you know, like you said, it would have been so interesting to Watch see your him words, John. actually. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm about to jump into yeah. you. Tag team. <laughs> it would have been so interesting to see him racing. Prop and 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 for him to, that's not a rookie error, but to make an error like that where he didn't know whether. And I understand it, it can be hard, but it just seemed again. I've said this before, but an unnecessary maneuver. Um, and and I, I just what a waste. And it's it's just a victim of his standards. That that's why I'm I'm going with that. He's, yeah. I, I'm going to jump in and uh, agree with you, Jared John. I, you know, I had to think about this one before <laughs> yeah, doing well, it. I was like, am I really going to go against my boy? <laughs> uh, yeah, this one has to be Lewis. And I won't call it a donkey because it was a, it was a, it was a, 
mistake that you can agree, okay, it wasn't the worst thing in the yeah, world, no. you know? But uh, that mistake cost him the race. It cost him his great streak and perhaps even morale going into the rest of the season. Maybe mm. We're talking about whether they can compete with Ferrari. But I also want to uh, give a donkey to somebody who's gone under the radar for a while. And this guy goes by the name of Valtteri Bottas. Something about the Mercedes <laughs> alumni today. You know, this past weekend, they've not been performing. Valtteri, obviously, was not a mis his mistake that took him out of the race. But this guy hasn't scored a point in the last five races. Has yeah. only scored eight points in the last eight races. This yeah. guy's fallen off from the days where we were making fun of Hamilton. Look at what Valtteri is doing to you yeah. and has left the team. Sonoda has also only scored one point in the last 10 races. You know, Sonoda was happy with his 13th. I, I listened to his interview at the end and he was like, I'm really happy with my performance. I was like, man, if you're coming to work like this, no. I'm sorry, bro. This is what you're telling me. So those are my donkeys. Great. I want to I hear this one. For me, I'm going to go with the theme. And it was something that I raised last week as the donkey. But it has to be that Ferrari strategy with that false slap attempt. That enough. was, like, all things considered, like, mind-boggling. Yeah. They, <clears throat> Excuse me. They, they've got all this data, and they can look at this and like work out what the best decision for the the team and the driver is. And they just like really mess that up. Yeah. Um, so there's there's that. But sure, there's uh, there's not one donkey. There's donkeys. Donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's usually the case. There's, uh, usually the case. there's, uh, there's plenty. And um, sure. Uh, can, can I give? Me I need to. It, I need to call out the Hass. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Right? yeah, 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 the, yeah. This was a team in Austria where we were like, what, 2017 Hass is back. Yeah. Uh, they are competitive. They are racy. Make those trying moves on Lewis. Like, yeah, they finished uh, collectively like lost pretty much. Latifi was behind them, yeah. um, and uh, <laughs> it's it's crazy to think of like the package that they had to where they are now. Um, I'm sure that. Um, that old uh, old Gunther is on the phone to Gene telling him what they look like at the moment. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, uh, I think maybe just a little bit of a special mention as well with some of the other guys. A little bit to Latifi as well. Yeah, okay. Just for me, I was looking at the, the relative positions of, of the different teams. And mm. generally, there's a you know, certain number of positions between the teammates. Yeah. But Latifi is finishing on the other side <laughs> of, the, of the grid positions right. to his teammate. I just... That was that's a bit. Uh, granted, he had a bit of a tough time, but yeah, that just just. Uh, nice. No, he, he struggled. He struggled. So, I, so guys, let, let's go on to to the goat of the weekend. So, you know, like the donkey, this is this is the opposite. This is this is someone or or some team that someone we want to call out for for an absolutely just doing a fantastic job. I think, you know, who who wants to give this one a call first? And yeah, I'll just make this one quick, man. Um, <laughs> Max, uh, that's, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not, nothing else we need to say. Uh, Grant raised an interesting point that I think Max fans need to listen about because Max fans were hating on Hamilton and saying it's all about the car. Not, Hamilton's great too. Yeah. We're also seeing the same thing play out at Red Bull. They have a superior car yeah. and Max is taking full advantage. But yeah, Max was great. Shout out to Ocon and Gasly. Gasly started from pit lane, finishing the points, P9. He's yeah. been having Massive. issues with this AlphaTauri. And shout out to Formula One in general. Now, when I watch these free practices, you really start to see just the other stuff, other presenters come on board. And now you're seeing more and more women come in. They're doing more of these track side analysis. Fantastic. They had this lady called Diana Binks who was by the pit lane, kind of giving more insight into what's going on by the different teams and strong information, like, mm. you know, raw, raw information. Information. It was good. great to see. So this race is, we race as one. We're starting to see that. Nice. And so shout out to F1 for really starting to enact this thing. And we're starting to see this. And like, hey, different people can actually have opinions and they're valid and also, you know, legit. So yeah, those are my goats. Okay. All right. Uh, I must agree with Martin on the Max piece, but that's not my 
goat goat for the weekend. Okay. My goat is actually Sebastian Vettel. Uh, it was his last race at Spa. Uh, he finished in the points. He's had a very, very tough season so far. Yeah. He didn't get out of Q1, um, but he did start the race in uh, 10th position. It was good to see. <clears throat> he finished P8, though. So. Yeah, yeah. He, he finished P8, and uh, it was just fantastic to see him score these uh, th this result, um, especially considering like the tough time that he had um, in qualifying and this being his last race. Yeah. I think Max, certainly a GOAT as well this weekend, but yeah. again, I have to say that with, um, with an asterisk, everything went his way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Any, every, absolutely everything fell into place for him to achieve this result. Those weekends happen, yeah. And it was his. Cool. So I, I'm going to give a, a little special mention to, to Albon for, for one, for, for actually for doing quite well, getting some good points. Fair enough. Um, you, look, you know, the Williams look quite racy. I think the one thing I've, I've heard one of the stats or a very interesting stat from Martin during quali was that Albon was the last driver on the grid to who hadn't yeah. been to Q3, Q3 yeah. through all the drivers. So I think that was, you know, massive for him to do that and, and well done to him for that. Um, but I think I, 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 had, I had Max in my mind, but given the discussion we've had today and some of the points were raised and some of the subtle points, I think I'm going to actually say Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Just for the way he managed that race. I think he, he was under a lot of pressure. I mean, the Mercedes was arguably faster than him. Red Bull was put. I mean, Mercedes was putting a lot of pressure on him. Obviously, the Red Bulls were far superior. Yeah. So for him to manage to, to put himself in that position between those, you know, opposing forces. So I, I think really well managed from him, despite what could have been tricky considering his team and all that. So, <laughs> so Carlos Sainz, good, good job. Yeah, good, good call on that. Uh, so that really wraps up the race weekend for us. Yes, sir. Um, and again, another um, exciting race weekend. Uh, personally, I, I think we could have gotten a little bit more yeah. um, if yeah. things were slowed down a little bit and we saw more overtaking through the series of the race as opposed to everything happening. Um, I think initially, it, was, it would have been more entertaining. I think it was a boring race, to be honest with you. <laughs> I straight up, this one in uh, Baku, when you just have one twos like that with no yeah. competition, it's a boring race. So, yeah. 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 So let's get into what the next race is, right? So we're going to Zandvoort, yeah. okay? the home of the Orange. Orange um, Army. We're going to see the Orange Army, clouds of orange smoke absolutely yes, everywhere. You know what's coming. Uh, the yeah. orange smoke, orange t-shirts, EDM. It that's, is. that's what you're getting, bro. That, that's what you're getting. It's just pumping music, Max fans, chaos. I, I love Lando Norris in these environments because he's like, we got a lot of McLaren fans. Yeah. <laughs> the papaya. Um, so let's chat about some predictions for Zandvoort, um, a little bit about the track, uh, what, what we could expect, and uh, teams that we think will come out on top. Yeah, Zandvoort is an interesting track. 4.2 kilometers, they usually do about 72 laps, which is about the same number of laps we see in like tracks like Austria and Monaco. So it's a, one of those laps that you know cars really just wind around real quick. Mm -hmm. Narrow track, so we're not going to see as much overtaking as we did see in Spa. Uh, what's interesting about this track is certain turns like turn three have these off-camber things, so where the car's yeah. actually in a certain angle. So it looks like almost like a, like a merry-go-round, like a playground, kind of go-karting kind of situations going on. Yeah, yeah. And the cars really just move around that car. There's not too many slow corners, right? So you never have cars kind of bunching up and then open up so the only issue with the track being so narrow we're not going to see too many overtakes but uh last season we saw some great races between max and lewis i think this is when the championship really really heated up mm. um obviously we came from spa i think the difference after this track was only three points between the two teams um so do you guys want to talk about predictions you want to add anything to that 
It was uh, a good race between Max and the Mercedes last year. Uh, but he, I remember Max making quick work of Valtteri Bottas and I was yeah. very disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw the first time we did that. Yeah, yeah but, uh, exactly. But there's that, that lovely like off-camber turn where you almost like ride the wall coming yeah. into the home straight. Yeah. Um, and I remember because Lewis put, he put the softs on last year to then get the fastest lap. And he said the car with a low amount of petrol in, like riding up that wall coming in the straight, he was mm-hmm. like, it's, it's like those NASCAR fun. NASCAR a, tracks yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. are on a certain angle. It's, yeah. it's an old school track right. um, and it's exciting. You're speaking around the speed elements of it. Obviously, a lot of high speed corners and we know throughout the season, Ferrari have been really, really strong at circuits like this. Yes, sir. So it'll be exciting to see Ferrari come with a package that they can compete with. Um, and uh, hopefully we have another race winner. He, Max has taken out nine this this year, um, nine race wins already. That's crazy. Um, Last think, season he had ten. The whole season. The whole season. We only have unbelievable. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, he's um, he, he's scheduled to break records. So um, yeah, th- that's some of my thoughts, uh, John. I, I've always been so hopeful for Ferrari this last year because because I'm almost at the point where I'm like, yeah, these guys are hitting a wall. They they either need to respond or, or we, we got a problem. Yeah. So I'm gonna leave that now and maybe me taking the pressure off <laughs> we'll switch things around. I'm gonna say. Can you see anything other than Red Bull? I just cannot see. So for, for predictions, else. who do you have, John? Red Bull. Who, who specifically? Who specifically? <laughs> I mean, when you talk about Red Bull, there's really only, there's only one driver at Red Bull. <laughs> like, come on, it, it's Perez can't win. Even if Perez, the system was, was not designed. Even like if that. Perez did something crazy yeah. and was like quali- qualified in first, wasn't poor. At some point, you're gonna have Max up right behind him saying, "Guys." We, we, this is this is slowing us down. Yeah. <laughs> We're we, losing we, a crazy amount of time. Especially in his home yeah. race. Especially in his home race. I'm sorry. In the orange no, 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 no. Not gonna happen. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna keep it simple. My backers, <laughs> my backers were not happy with me when I picked Leclerc not a while ago. Um, they told me to come back to the to the right side of things. So I'm back with Max. It's just easy, man. It's, 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 it's easy. You know what you're gonna get. I know what you're gonna get for a lot of reasons. I'm going with Max. Grant Hamilton win. I'm going for Leclerc win this race. Oh. Um, man's gonna come back. I'm actually gonna say Ferrari one two. Oh, in, in this guy, right? I said that last um, week. Look at me. <laughs> I'm I'm brave, and uh, my fantasy F1 is paying for it. Oh. Um, I've just never picked Max for a race win uh, because I can't. Why? Uh, but, it's uh, a principle thing. That's a principle. Um, yeah, it, I'll be okay if uh, if I see him win. But uh, I think Charles Leclerc is going to take this one. Can you? Are you conceding that the championship is over? I think that Max has got a firm grip on it. Reason why is because mathematically now. There would need to be many errors um, in the Red Bull garage to to ensure that Max doesn't win the championship. So even if Shaw wins every single race, um, Max would need to finish like le- lower than second for a few of those, which just doesn't it's look like happening. it's going to happen. Yeah, it's not, not He's like. so, too consistent. He doesn't make a mistake. With that being said, Ferrari can forget putting Leclerc first and Sainz can do his own thing. <laughs> this is what I want to get out of Grace. No, I, 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 I want to get, get this out of him. There's no point now anymore, right? How they can many race. points behind 15. Leclerc is Sainz? 15. I think Leclerc is still the contender if you're going one-to-one. Perez is ahead of him, bro. If you're going one-to-one, but, one, but, but only by a few points. Are, are right? F1 teams just dynamic in their thinking? Cause, so in my mind, the way I see this, they start the season with their premier driver and their second driver. Do they actually, other than, let's say, a house where... You know, same, same. But the top teams, do they do they look at it and at some point in the season say, actually, you know what, guys? Granted, you were designated as a top driver, but from what we're seeing, actually, we're gonna we're gonna change it. You now get 
I think some teams might have a, a premier driver of it is. I don't think most teams do per se. But uh, for Ferrari, for me, if you're going to go off numbers, Carlos Sainz is your number one driver. He will be beat Leclerc handily. And <laughs> Norris was ahead of Leclerc last season. I was just looking at the stats yesterday. Um, so if that's the case, then Sainz should have been your number one driver coming in. But we obviously, know that's not how things work. Yeah. If you're just going off numbers. But uh, Qualifying pace, man. Leclerc has dominated him in qualifying pace, setting a, setting himself up for a better Sunday. But what has he uh, done with that? Then? What has he done with those good Sundays? <laughs> it's not all his fault. No. Some of it is. There were two driver errors the whole season. And don't forget, Sainz is uh, behind Leclerc after having four DNFs. Yeah. Four. That's actually crazy. Four. Wow. And it's 15 points. Leclerc has had five DNFs, right? No, bro. He's been finishing races. I could pull this up. Please do. Yeah, please do. This is interesting. So let's look at Leclerc. He only has three. Three DNFs. Uh, Spain, Azerbaijan, France. Hmm. Sainz has Australia, Azerbaijan. Sure. Now, I wonder how many of those are Sainz's uh, fault versus Leclerc. So Leclerc was at fault for poor record. Yep. Sainz was at fault for Australia. Correct. Um, DNFing there. But other than that... Um, Charles Leclerc has been let down by his team, by the car, by strategy. He was <laughs> uh, he was played out of a Monaco victory. But we'll get into this we'll on another it. episode. Yeah. Um, let's wrap this one up. We can wrap this one up here. Guys, enjoy the race we, uh, this weekend. Awesome. And uh, let's sit around the table and discuss it next week. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.